Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, hello. Welcome to uh, Commons People, the Huffington Post politics podcast, because we are in a pub at the Liverpool Conference, and joining me this week we have Alison McGovern, we have Wes Streeting, and we have Martha Gill, and we actually have, believe it or not, a huge audience here. So give us a round of applause, everyone, thanks for coming down. Don't pan around. I really, I, really, I really appreciate both of you turning up. Um, so first, obviously, the Labour Conference this year, I mean, last year I thought it kind of felt like a couple going through a divorce, shouting in the kitchen. Um, without wanting the kids to hear, and this year feels a bit like the Christmas dinner afterwards, where everyone's, we must just be nice to each other for the sake of everyone. <laughs> Is that the kind of vibe you guys are getting in that tortured metaphor? No. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think it's that, I actually, because, you know, obviously there's been a lot of change in the Labour Party, it's fair to say, and I've been coming to the Labour Party conference for years, sounding like one of those boring people who says, oh, I've been coming since, but I've been coming a lot, and I thought it would be genuinely different, and actually the thing that surprised me is, Actually, there are still a lot of the same people here. There's a lot of kind of friends and colleagues I've known for years who, whatever the circumstances, are just having you know the same drink in the bar on Sunday night or whatever that they always have. But but obviously with Jeremy being re-elected as leader, there was a sense when he was re-elected that this is now this is it now. There's going to be no more challenges. The Labour Party is going to have to get behind him, and the people who kind of backed the other candidates, which you guys did, Owen Smith are going to have to just suck it up now, right? Is that what's going to happen now, Wes? We're not going to see any more kind of discontent with leadership? Well, the conference is definitely not like any Christmas I've ever had, so I don't know what your Christmas <laughs> is like, though. Um, I think it's less like a um, Christmas dinner after a, 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 a relationship breakup and more like a you know, living at home in the same house because you couldn't afford the divorce. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the... the um, I think, look... He, Jeremy Corbyn's won, and I don't think those of us that have been expressing concerns about his leadership could pretend with any credibility uh, to have had a Damascene conversion overnight. But, you know, this is now the second year in a row that Jeremy Corbyn has won, and won convincingly. To be so, raised next year, does he get to keep so the Labour just, Party? Do you know what? We've, just, we've, we've been thumped twice. I'm not really up for a third election at this particular <laughs> moment in time, or thinking about it. Um, uh, I, I think, actually, it's, it's not about... Um, <coughs> picking over the leadership result and, and grumbling about not getting your way. It's actually about saying, okay, this is clearly the settled will of the Labour Party. This is the leader that we have. This is the team that he currently has in place. How can we try and be the best possible opposition we can? And how can we debate uh, and agree some of the key policies that we need, not just at the next general election, but on something like Brexit, the biggest issue facing the country? How do we agree a clear and unified Labour position? And a bit like Ali, um, this conference actually feels, in terms of some of the debate and the discussion, very familiar to previous years. Yeah. And actually, I've been in a room with people who are kind of hardcore Jeremy Corbyn supporters talking about issues um, where the divisions that, that maybe we've writ large in the last six, six months or so aren't as bad as, as people think, or actually where there's lots of common agreement. There is a reason we're all members of the Labour Party, and that is because without kind of sounding contrived, um, 
and parroting the line, there is actually There's a huge a amount. I didn't think there was anymore. <laughs> There's a huge amount of unity and common purpose in the Labour Party, um, and some and some really important and serious differences as well. So I think we've got to, you know, just think about how we manage this process going forward, whilst being you know true to ourselves and remembering that. Jeremy Corbyn isn't the only conviction politician in the Labour Party. We've all got strong beliefs mm. and opinions and views about policy and we've got to be able to debate them in a way that's robust but respectful. But obviously there's kind of more to be done to kind of bring the party together. Do you, do you have any ideas about what Jeremy Corbyn should be doing at the moment to, uh, to, make, that, to make that happen? Well, obviously, like we kind of thought about this, given the situation we're in, and lots of us thought that having an elected shadow cabinet would be precisely that kind of... Um, process mm. that could be, you know, essentially we represent you know, nine million or thereabout people who voted Labour, and that those Labour voters deserve a voice and to be heard, just like the people you know who've elected Jeremy Corbyn. It, congratulate him on a great win, but there's still all of those voices out there that he's got to listen to have got to be heard. So we needed a way to get that going, and I'm still, you know, still hold on to. Her. So I hope that even at this late stage, um, Jeremy Corbyn and his team would say, actually, probably that is a, that is a sensible compromise. Because of would course, you, would you get would you stand in the shadow cabinet elections? Well, um, at the risk of sort of false modesty, you know, I think we'd need a strong team from the PLP. So I, I think about it, but <laughs> I think about it. But the most important thing is about getting that strong team of people from the PLP to take on the Tories. That is our job, right? We want to get on with it. Um, but, but it's not, of course, just the nine million Labour voters that we've got to make sure that they have their voice in this discussion. It's also, you know, the, the thousands, thousands, thousands of people who voted for Owen because we don't have a winner-takes-all model in the Labour Party. You don't become the leader of the Labour Party and then you can dictate terms to all around you. We're a coalition of different groups and whatever, and the process has got to respect that sort of history and that culture in our party that we listen to each other and we try and we try and compromise and get on with things so I would hope that that's still even potentially on the table um, but whatever as I say we've got to get on and do with our do our job and take on the Tories. Sure and then what about um, red lines I mean there's there's kind of rumours going around that Jeremy Corbyn that there's kind of in reverse of the olive branch there's like more of a, like a, a power grab going on with kind of members getting power to vote uh, the NEC possibly being a bit reshuffled, um, possible deselections. Is, are there any kind of red lines for you at which point you'd say, I've, I've kind of had enough of this? I think that in terms of trying to build the unity and, and the kind of common endeavour that has been at the forefront of Jeremy's speech when he was re-elected, John McDonnell's speech today, although largely about the economy, also had stuff about unity in it. Um, and some John Lennon lyrics, right? And some John Lennon lyrics, so, you know, stuff, very yeah. topical given where we are. Um, you need to kind of walk the talk and, you know, to, to bring people back together requires compromise on both sides. And mm -hmm. it does worry me a bit that, you know, this conference, around the conference, whether it's not just in the media, but, you know, you talk to members of the Shadow <coughs> Cabinet, members of our National Executive Committee, poor old NEC members have been up at the crack of dawn every day to have half past mm. seven in the morning meetings to talk about who gets to sit around the NEC table. You know, if there's one thing that I would hope we can all agree on the Labour Party, we've got to stop being quite so introspective and talking about ourselves. It's the nature of a leadership debate, maybe, but you know, the biggest issue that, that's been coming up today, um, at some of the fringe meetings I've been at, is about Brexit and Britain's future relationship 
with the European Union, outside the European Union, the impact on jobs, on businesses, on the voluntary sector. So with Brexit, there's been two sort of things that have come up recently. The first one was Owen Smith calling for a second referendum. Do you, do, you, do, you guys think, do you guys back a second referendum? Do you think it was a mistake for him to campaign on that? So I don't think we should sort of seek to override the result of the referendum. My problem with the situation that David Cameron got us into was having a referendum in that way with no manifestos on the Remain side or the Leave side, and now a kind of massive level of uncertainty as to what the parliamentary democratic process will look like in terms of taking the decisions. Um, because without becoming all Euro geek, like, it's not, it's not straightforward what that looks like under our constitution. So I think we're in fairly uncharted territory and Parliament, parliamentarians are going to have to, you know, assert their constituents' interests, whatever that is. Um, you've got to accept when you lose in any election. Like, I'm getting quite used to this, so I, I know. <laughs> so I know when how. When you first elected, 2010. Yeah. So, so I understand losing, and you've got to accept the result you have. Um, but that doesn't mean our job goes away, and we don't. As Wes said, you know, most of us spent a lot of time talking to people on their doorsteps about what they're worried about and there's lots of people out there who are worried about the future of our country be it their own job or the chances of their children and we've got to stick up for that i'm not quite sure and the prime minister needs to tell us what that's going to look like going through in parliament but we've certainly got a job to do even if it's not another referendum do you think that chukramuna jonathan reynolds emma reynolds rachel reeves they've all said if it comes down to being in the single market or action freedom of movement, action freedom of movement's got to take priority. The public has spoken, they don't want any more freedom of movement. Do you think that that should be what the lesson Labour takes from Brexit? I, I'm, I find this a really difficult issue because um, I am much more on the liberal wing of the immigration debate and I think what um, people like Chuka, um, Emma, uh, Johnny and others have, have done is reflect, particularly from, from the point of view of Northern MPs, um, the message that they picked up on the doorstep around immigration. Um, I find it difficult actually as a North East London Essex border MP, which is one of the most ethnically and religiously diverse constituencies in Britain. Immigration is a big issue in my constituency as well, where I've got first, second, third generation migrants who will tell me that immigration is a massive problem. Um, I mean, as Diane Abbott um, put it, is slightly further into East London than I am. You know, every wave of um, new every 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 generation of immigrants thinks the next one is the problem, and the one, and, and you know, and that may be the way the way it, it goes. But the trouble with the immigration debate is the sorts of issues that people are talking about, like the depression of wages, access to public services their own um, job prospects and opportunities and opportunities for their kids. These are very real issues in lots of parts of the country. The housing crisis are very real issues. Um, in some cases, immigration can be a factor in those areas. In other cases, immigration is used as the proxy to explain the grievances around those issues. But the thing that I'm finding most hard about the immigration debate and actually the, the Brexit debate overall is that all of the evidence suggests that immigration is a positive thing for the country and the economy. And so when Johnny Reynolds says people have emotional concerns, which is not based yeah. on facts. Yeah, but, that's, like, but that is, that's, that's Brexit writ large. The decision to leave the European Union 
um, was largely an emotional decision and a legitimate decision, but a, an emotional decision on the part of people who basically found the messages of taking back control of your own country and taking back control of your own borders powerful and it connected with them emotionally. And I said, yeah, that sounds right, so I'm going to vote. But, you know, although I absolutely respect the result, and actually I'm not calling for a second referendum, um, what really saddens me and worries me is that I know in no doubt whatsoever that that decision has placed this country on a different trajectory that will leave us less well off as a country than we might otherwise have been. And ironically, I'm talking to particularly, I've got a lot of people in my constituencies who work in the city. The city aren't popular, financial services aren't popular, they know they're not popular. But when they say that they're looking at relocating activity and jobs, they are absolutely serious about that. And that may be my constituents' jobs, whether it's people who work on the trading floor or people who clean the trading floor. There are lots of jobs tied up in, in industries, not just financial services, other industries, because of our relationship with the European Union. And it, I, I'm heartbroken by the result, but also heartbroken by the fact that there will undoubtedly have been some people who walked into the ballot box and voted to leave, and in doing so have cost their own jobs. But and that's terrible. But do you think that both, you think you're not going to go for a second referendum? And do you think that the idea is dead now with the, with the end of Owen Smith's campaign? I'm not sure, I'm not sure it was ever a, um, a starter, to be honest, because. Mm -hmm. As and Ali even said, what about a referendum on the on the terms of? Well, the that's slightly different. So, I, I mean, I, I, instead of focusing on having a referendum and you know sort of giving everyone the impression that these Machiavellian politicians who don't like listening to the public <coughs> are de desperately trying to overturn their will, what we should be talking about is proper democratic accountability and oversight of of uh, of leaving and our relationship with the EU. And so that's about Parliament having a say. That's about the voters being kept aware. Because one of the things that I find frustrating is that there was a prospectus that was sold to people about Brexit, which was 350 million quid for mm. the NHS. Really we'll have access that, to the single we market really and all the rest I, of it. I but had a guy, the, you I know, had those guy, are clear promises. I had a guy stop me in the street um, the week after the result and say, when's our money coming? Yeah. Like, we've got a real problem with... Was that Boris Johnson? <laughs> 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 and to which I said, you tell me, we'll both know. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't think this... I don't think anybody is has acted you know stupidly because actually in a democracy what we tell people every time we have an election is we'll write down our promises our pledges to you and we expect you to hold us to them that's how democracy works they were giving out that information yeah. now whether or not whether or not it we think oh people might have thought twice and you can't really do we want a situ situation where we're saying to people well don't really trust what politicians tell you i don't think we want that at all so Actually, I think we have got a job to hold those who campaign mm. to Brexit to account for that. I think it was an incredibly damaging thing, and I think that David Cameron made a huge mistake, not just in excluding 16- and 17-year-olds, not just in you know, some of the, um, you know, on maybe turnout and things like that, and actually thinking about it in that way too, but I think also in not requiring neither a Leave nor a Remain manifesto and actually getting people nailed down on what they were campaigning for, I think that was a big mistake because so it made our job a lot harder now. So just so a second, so the referendum on the terms of the of the um, of Brexit might be a good idea. Um, I'm, I, to be honest, I don't yeah. think that we should go down the road of getting all thinking about second referendums because I think so I, I agree with Wes. So you both I mean, think that in at risk, at risk of us being absolutely a boring cheering squad for each other's opinions, 
I think he's probably right. You are so right about that. I know, I know. It's funny to say that because you two will obviously have to work together on this, which leads me nicely to this week's quiz. And it's how much do you know about each other? We didn't start. Like I say, Alison's research ran me up earlier on to ask me what the quiz was about, <laughs> which... As it's amazing that I might be suspicious. My yeah. office didn't even tell me about the quiz. Well, That's how bad it is. The, the yeah. idea that I would have planned it that far in advance is quite <laughs> nice. So let's, let's ask you some questions about, about each other. He says, unable to find them. Okay. Uh, what did Wes want to be when he was younger? Was it a policeman, a priest, or a pirate? Um, okay, I'm going to go with... Policeman. Well, it was, it was uh, thousands of audience. We all just <laughs> shout out at once, but we too bloody loud. But what do you reckon? Priest, I think. Yeah. Priest, you reckon? Remember, remember what it was you told me? You don't remember, do you? I've always wanted to be on the side of the angels and close to God. So yes, it was. But there was a brief moment no! of time. Yeah, when I was about You're ten years old, my dad was horrified. Um, when I when so I was really active and serving, it's like serving in church in primary school. When I decided I really wanted to be a priest. Goodness me. Yeah. I could have been the... Oh, God, I'm not going to say this. I, was, I knew you said I, I could have been Chris Bryant, but no one wants to do that. I could have been Chris Bryant, well. <laughs> there's only is, one. There's only one Chris Bryant. Okay, Thank let's, the Lord. Let's see what we know about Alison. grandfather was Peter McGovern, a folk singer and activist. But which of these uh, famous Liverpool songs did he write? Uh, Dirty Old Town. That's not from Liverpool. That's not from Liverpool. It's not that one. Right? <laughs> 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 Didn't think this through, did I? <laughs> you could have kept quiet there. But never mind. Ferry across the Mersey or in my Liverpool home? I'm going to go with C in my Liverpool home. Correct. Can you sing it? Because I don't know how it goes. In my Liverpool home, in my Liverpool home, we speak with an accent exceedingly rare. Meet under a statue exceedingly bare. If you want a cathedral, we've got one to spare. That's where, in my Liverpool home. That's really good. Uh, okay, what is. Uh, what is, uh, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big mistake. According, according to Wes, what is the worst bit of his personality? Is it his timekeeping, his shyness, or his impatience? Did you just say shyness? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I would say that he, what, this is what he would think. This is what he said about himself. I would say his, he would say his timekeeping. Incorrect, this is impatience. Oh. And seeing as you're, you were late to this, I think you got a bit rich. <laughs> uh, okay, what, um, who did Alison McGovern say that she would offer herself to earlier this year? Was it Robbie Fowler, Jurgen Klopp, or Steven Gerrard? I'm going to go with Steven Gerrard. Merseyside, you know, Liverpool. But they're all Liverpool. That's the... I didn't know the other people. <laughs> so, we, can you remember who it was? It was Jurgen. It was Jurgen. You said oh. I would offer myself to him. No, I was... That's John, literally what you John, said, though, wasn't it? John Peanut was doing Snog Marry. Oh, that is horrible, that thing. thing yeah. Have you done it? Snog Marry. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was playing it properly, so I thought it was like, literally, I only had choice of Snog Marry Avoid, and he was going to give me three names, and I had to use up all three choices, and the first one was Tony Blair, and I said Snog. And, you know, that was, like, stuck with me since. <laughs> and I would have just said avoid all three. Yeah. But I, you, know, like you can't other do cheaters. that. That's not the rule no, of the no, game. No, he doesn't play it properly. It's rubbish. Yeah. Program. But not good, is it? <laughs> so yeah. last year we did a series of interviews uh, with new MPs. And we did them for, like, two weeks. And then we put one out per week. Yeah. And the one with Wes. One per week, yeah. The question one. was, who was your political hero? And he said Tony Blair. And that went live the week that Corbyn won. Yeah. 
uh, and you got a lot of news. There's a slightly different version of the story, right? Because yeah, you said you did them week by week and sort of published them week by week. You interviewed me months before that, and I yeah, thought, yeah, where's yeah. that thing gone? And actually, what I said in the you know, who's your political hero? Actually, I would have said Tony Crossland, but because there was that debate about the last Labour government, I said I almost feel duty bound to say Tony Blair just to defend the fact we had a three-term Labour government deliver transformational change. There it was, writ large, streeting strikes back on the front page yeah. of the Huffington Post, saying basically Jeremy Corbyn's elected, Tony Blair's my hero. Yeah, thanks you for that. You never got that yeah, course did you? Yeah. Weird that. No. Okay, we also got another quiz this week. I'm it's rude. called um, Labour Fringe or Just Plain Cringe. Right. Oh, God. Okay. All right? And uh, I'm going to give you a name of a fringe event, and you've got to tell me if it's true, Labour Fringe, or did I make it up? Just plain cringe. All right? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Right, look, don't look so shocked. <laughs> Making the left sexy. Is that Labour Fringe or just plain cringe? Just plain cringe. I'm going with just plain cringe. What do you think, everyone? Labour Fringe. Yeah, it's a momentum event. No way. No. Yeah. Making the left sexy. This is where we've been going wrong. That's why, that's why it's so quiet at our end, because yeah. they're all down the momentum jamboree at the sexy fringe. Uh, love, can it ever be artificial? <laughs> Just plain cringe. Cringe, tell me cringe. Martha? Yeah, I'm going with I'm going. Don't mind you sat next when I wrote this earlier on, so you should know the answer. Oh, I don't know. It was, it was either like a technology one... It was cringe, that's not true. Yeah. Okay. God for that. Does Labour need to win to be in power? I bet that's an actual fringe I think that's at this real. conference. Does Labour need to win to be in power? Yeah. I, I, yeah, possibly an actual fringe. It's, it's not, I made it up, but the fact <laughs> that you thought <laughs> it was real, I think says a lot of what's going on. Robots at work for the future worker. I think I wrote that down wrong. <laughs> Forget that one. Well, at least that's a genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that does make sense. Uh, how about this one then? Uh, no to runways, yes to submarine travel. <laughs> <laughs> Please say that's cringe. That's definitely cringe and a, t- a terrible smear on our democratically elected leaders. Shame on them. <laughs> that is cringe. You can't build peace with concrete. That is a genuine fringe. I sort of heard about this. Did yeah. you go to it? Yeah, it's no, got a dynamic. Yeah, so yeah, that was this week's quiz. Labour Fringe are just playing cringe. <laughs> is that as exciting as it normally comes across? That's pretty bad. Okay, uh, we're going we're to wrap this up now. Thank you everyone for coming down. But I wanted to end by asking you guys. You guys are both in your, you're in your 20s, no, 30s, right? You're both in your 30s. I'll take 20s. Right? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take 20s. Yeah. Labour are going to be out of power for how many years, do you reckon? You never know. As, uh, but but you really could, yeah, you're, in, you're in the prime of your life and you're involved and like <laughs> but do you really going to spend the next 20 years of your life on the back benches at what point do you get sick of being in opposition and you leave parliament i'm already sick of being in opposition um i mean i came from being deputy leader of my local council we'd won control for the first time in the borough's history with a majority the year before i came into parliament and in my first year as deputy leader of the council i was able to make a real impact and as a backbench mp you can you can make a difference and you know, the most recent example was Caroline Flint's work on tax transparency. You can make a difference from the back benches and in opposition, but whether you're on the back bench or the front bench, being in opposition is absolutely no substitute for being in power. And I'd rather have an imperfect Labour government than a perfect, self-righteous Labour op- opposition. But how long will you give it this? Because this is what I'm worried about. Because you guys would go off and do anything. You wanted, why waste your time in... Opposition, you can go off and join charities, do that kind of stuff. I just well, wonder what your motivation is. Well, the, 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 the first thing is that, you know, 
having, I, I also was a, was a councillor before I was an MP, and you know, both being a councillor and being a member of parliament in and of itself is a good thing to do. And you know, without sounding too sort of sanctimonious or whatever, like if you if you a went into the House of Commons most days of the week, you'd see also all there uh, on the Labour benches, Drink kind of giving the no, giving the giving the Tories, you know, ten kinds of hell and in our constituencies fighting for people. That is the job, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that there's a whole nother bit as well, which we're trying to do, which is about getting Labour to be in government. So we're not just dealing with individual case after individual case of injustice. We can change the system to stop the injustices before they happen. And, you know, give, how long will it take? I don't know. But right at this moment, I don't think there's anything more important for us to do and for us to argue for you know, the next Labour Prime Minister is going to have a massive challenge on their hands to sort this country out for ordinary working people. Not ready to give up on that yet. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for watching, everyone. Uh, next week, we're at the Tory conference with, uh, with Heidi Allen. Should be good fun, isn't it? Seems all right, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah? Have you got your quiz ready? Yeah. You're going to write it in advance. It's going to be called uh, Heidi or maybe Lady. Lady. Yeah, that'll do. Thanks. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.